Welcome back to the next part of this Truth and Rhythm episode. Be sure to subscribe to this channel. If you've already done so, please share it with friends. Also become a member by joining Truth and Rhythm on Patreon or consider donating at funkinstuff.net. Thank you so much for your interest and support. Enjoy. One thing about what you just mentioned, it makes me think of a lot of things, but uh, one is that you know how Prince uh, didn't you didn't allow the time to use their, their name like when they came back and they had to do original seven, and then right, even yeah. just this year the estate uh, was blocking yeah. from using that. You know? I didn't understand that. I mean, because you know I understand Prince doing it. I mean, you know, okay, because he's probably a little pissed off at Morris and everything. Plus, he played everything on the albums and everything, and he wrote all the songs and you know and. You know, and he published all the songs and everything. Uh, and, uh, you know, I don't understand the estate doing it. It's like, you're not Prince. <laughs> you know? And it's got to be, it's got to be monetarily motivated, right? Yes. I mean, because if, if, wait a minute, if, if they allow Morris Day and the time to do tours, they can get a percentage out of each tour. You know, 20%, 25%. They can get, you know. But by them saying that, no, I don't see the reason why. You know, see, Morris, Andre, and myself knew Prince better than most people. You know? Andre, he lived in Andre's house, you know, since he was a teenager, you know, and then him, Morris, and Andre, and, and the rest of the uh, group practice all the time, you know. I mean, he, you know, he lived there with Andre, Andre's sister, Andre's brothers, and did, you did know. You read, I mean, come on, you know. You Morris? Morris was always there. Did you read Morris's book? No, I didn't get a chance to. No. No. Yeah, it's interesting because you maybe I've already heard, but he communicates through it as if, as if Prince was talking to him. It's like a dialogue between the two of them throughout the book. So, right. Yeah. Wow. That's fine. I'm gonna have to get that. You know. But y'all got to get my book. <laughs> yeah, there you go. <laughs> if you see me, baby, all those stories I'm talking to you about and more, man. But yeah, um, I don't understand the reason why this statement. You know, they tried to stop me from using 94 E's featuring Prince. Mm. I have I have this here uh, when you're talking about plugs. So, you know, there's been a few different releases yeah. of 94 East with Prince. Yeah. 
Which is which is the one that fans should really seek yeah. out? Which, which um, well, I like this one here because it has all those songs on you I told you about uh, that I wrote when Prince came back to L.A. and uh, came back from L.A. and uh, we wrote Love, Love, Love and uh, uh, um, You Can Be My Teacher that he played on. Plus, those have the instrumentals on there also, you know. Yeah. Not you know, I I wanted to do the instrumental versions of those too. Um, so I like those. And then there's another one, 94 each featuring Prince on guitar, uh, with Fortune Teller and uh 1015 on it, you know, um that we did. Um uh and that's out too. We did that in two thousand two, I believe it was. But yeah, um the symbolic beginnings is a very good uh uh, album that we did for uh, Charlie out in London. And uh, um, yeah, um, hopefully they can find that one now. And I don't even know if they can find that one, you know, but search around, you know. Yeah, well, if they can't find it, hopefully it's streaming somewhere at least. I don't know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and then more... the Cookhouse 5 too, you know. I don't know if you, the Cookhouse 5 is on that album that you showed me. Which yeah, is this, the first... this, one's, this one seemed like the most comprehensive to me, so that's why. Yeah. 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 I got to bring up, you know, of course, uh, his passing, which we just had the anniversary of uh, right. a, yeah. a week ago. This will uh, air a few weeks from now. Actually, yes. it's going to air probably closer to his birthday. Um, okay. But, um, yeah. uh, you know, six years, it's, it's really hard to believe. I felt like I lost a brother. Um, I'm sure oh, you must yeah. have felt like that too. And, you know, how shocked were you and have you, how have you uh, come to terms? Scott, I'm telling you, man, it was very devastating for me. You know, I don't know about everybody else who knew him like I did and stuff, you know, but uh, the documentaries and interviews that I've done since then, I've cried, you know, and, uh, um, I did a previous interview in January where I didn't cry, which was good. And I thought that it would be, it was cool that I was really getting over it. But then I did another interview for Minnesota uh, that aired last Friday and I cried on that one. And I, you know, it was, it was very, very devastating, man. I could not, you know, listen to his music without crying. You know, I was in uh, uh, Florida and uh, I was driving and stuff. And one of his songs came on the radio and stuff. I had to pull to the side and it and just I wept, you know, and, I, you know, it was very difficult, very difficult for me. Uh, when I found out, um, my daughter had called me and said, did Prince die? And I went like, no, what do you mean did Prince die? I said, Said he got the flu. I said, don't you remember? You went to Illinois and, you know, and, you know, and uh, she said, well, a friend of mine who works at Paisley Park said that he died. And I went like, ah, get out of here. So then I hung up from her. And then three minutes later, uh, his ex-manager, Owen, Owen Husney, called me. And he goes, Peppy, did you hear? And I was going like, did I hear? What do you mean, did I hear? 
He said, turn on your TV set. And I went like, I said, pass away and stuff. And I was just in shock. I could not deal with that, man. The whole house was crying. And it was just unbelievable. I, I When I went out in my car, they had a poster uh, of him on the freeway. And, uh, you know, uh, 1958 to 2016. And, and I had a big picture of him. And I'm yelling in the car, screaming his name. You know, Prince. You know, just screaming his name, man. I just could not believe that this brother was gone. You know, and me and his cousin Charles had always talked about at least we still have Prince, you know, because, you know, we don't have Janis Joplin. We don't have uh, 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 Jimi Hendrix and stuff, you know, and, you know, a uh, few others and stuff, you know, Elvis and everything. And, you know, I said, but at least we got Prince, man, you know, and we used to tell jokes, man. I said, man, can you imagine Prince at 50? With a pot belly singing soft and wet, you know, <laughs> you know, you know, and we just knew that he was going to be with us, you know, for a lot longer time, for a lot longer time, you know. I mean, his music is with us, thank God, you know, and, uh, you know, his fans are still there, thank God, you know, but, you know, it, it was devastating. Very devastating to me. And I, I still feel the pain. I still feel the pain, you know. The out, the outpouring of love just globally uh, was something else. I mean, that, you know, made me want to cry even more again because, you know, yeah. it, it showed just the incredible reach he had on people's hearts, yeah. you know. And yeah. uh, it was wow. crazy. Even, even in France, they had the Eiffel Tower was 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 in purple yeah you know it was unbelievable and people were doing all kind of videos i had this one girl send me a video sandy jackson she did one of a video of him uh i forget the song uh when doves cry you know and she put that on the internet and stuff you know there was just so many hearts man all over the world and stuff you know it was you know, and I still sometimes, you know, Scott, I, I, I find it hard to believe that he's gone. You know, when, when did you when last, see a when, video of him? When did you last see him? The last time I had seen Prince, or even talked to him, was in two thousand two. Hmm. Um, no, I seen him after that at Paisley Park doing a show, but. When I really talked with him was in 2002 because that's when he had his name uh, become a trademark and um, we made our agreement of how I could use his name with 94 East featuring Prince, you know, uh, and his lawyers and my lawyers got together and, you know, as long as his name is no bigger than 94 East, you know, you can do it. You know, I can't go 94 East featuring Prince, you know, <laughs> but 94 East featuring Prince, the same font, you know, and everything like that, you know, was, was cool, you know, and, and that's why I didn't get when the state comes in and then they, Comerica tried to get me 
you can't use that no more. And I'm not like, well, are you kidding me? You know, I said, I've been using it since, you know, forever, you know. And if that's how I was making a living, because I never took a dime off of Prince the whole time I was with him. I never took not one penny. I did all of this out of love and my heart, man. I wasn't on, on no payroll. I didn't want to be on no payroll. And I didn't want no money from him because I knew that our new artists, I knew that they need every penny that they can get their hands on. And I wasn't going to take from him. How am I going to do that? I'm teaching him, man. I'm mentoring him. I'm showing him what it's all about. And all I ask of him is just to pass it on. You know, I didn't want, I didn't need any money and stuff, you know, so that's how it was. Did did, did you ever imagine, um, you know, back in the day that he would rise to the heights of success that he did? No, I did not. You know, maybe a lot of people said yes, or they thought that he would. I just wanted him to be successful. I wanted him to be able to make a living, you know, and once I seen that, that he could make a living, I was happy, you know, but I, I was even more happier <laughs> that he made it to uh, uh, the higher echelon of, of entertainment, you know, and, and I know that I had something to do with that. I helped at that. And that's all that I can ask for. I, I loved it. I absolutely loved it. You know. What, what What are your three favorite Prince songs of all time? Oh, well, you know I'm going to say "Do Yourself a Favor" because <laughs> that's my song that he recorded. And uh, but I liked his real funky stuff. You know, um, I liked um, "Soft and Wet." I like "Hole in the Head." I like "Purple Rain." You know, uh, and of course, do yourself a favor. Uh, you know, it's hard to pick one song or even two or three or four songs that that's your favorite by Prince. You know, uh, you know, sometimes the snows in April, you know, uh, you know, I, yeah, you know. Yeah. It's hard, you know, 1999, oh, know. you know, I mean, it's just so many of them that, you know, you can listen to a plethora of his music and go, oh, I, this is my favorite. Then another one comes on. Oh, no, wait a minute. No, this is my favorite. Then another one comes on. You know, Little Rick or that, you know, all of it. Yeah. You know, I mean, it's yeah. just amazing. It's, it's just an amazing. impossibility to only pick yeah. a, a couple. Yeah. Um, you know, when it happened, I was just so shocked, um, like everybody else, and thought we would have him until he got into old age. And, you know, he just right. seemed like he was immortal almost because he was so yeah. active. He was so creative. He was so prodigious. Yes. Um, but then in hindsight, looking back, you know, I'm kind of thinking maybe in some way it was almost there was some inev inevitability to it because he dedicated himself so much to yeah. music and the craft that he yeah. gave of himself so much that he gave it all. He gave it all. And he we called him the lonely guy, you know, because times are like Christmas. And Thanksgiving, when you're supposed to be with family, where was he? Flying somewhere alone, you know, you know, and we, and he had friends, man, you know, Andre was his friend. I was his friend. Morris was his friend, you know, more than family, 
you know? I mean, we were tight, you know? I mean, I don't have anything against his family. I met Sharon and I know Taika and I met Omar and, you know, those are the people that I know. I love them dearly and stuff, you know? Uh, I didn't want them to make his Paisley Parker Museum. I wanted it to be a working studio and stuff. So people would come around from all over the world to come there and play and perform and record. You know, and, uh, you know, so I believe that they're doing that now. They have a memorial that, that's being done on him in Minneapolis, and it's going to, uh, they're going to premiere it in June, you know, and one of the people that I know uh, helped put that together, um, you know, um, um, and it's, it's uh, I, you know, it's amazing, but. He brought Minneapolis to the map. He brought the world to the map in his music, you know. And I, I just, I, I just find it I, so hard to believe that he's not here. I, it, I, I, you know, I find it very difficult, you know, you what, know. What really made it especially hard too was that um, he was still so. Um, prodigious and active i mean i would keep track of his weekly activities through you know prince.org and different right. sources that would say he's in the studio he's on yeah. stage always yeah. doing something he's always releasing music yeah. it was constant yeah. and yeah. um oh man some the, one one of a kind for sure yeah that's it one of a kind and i met Jimi hendrix i met elvis i met so many people in the industry and stuff and i admired Jimi Hendrix, you know, I mean, you know, him and my uncle were like really tight. And matter of fact, he knew Jimi Hendrix when he was carrying his guitar in a pillowcase, you know, I mean, go back that far, you know, and, you know, Prince by far is like the top. He is the top, man. I mean, you know, and, you know, I don't know if there would ever be anybody like him there'll probably be people there are people out here that play uh several uh, uh instruments and stuff you know and uh but not like at the, the t uh, not like him because he was on the top of his game on every instrument every instrument you know guitar keyboard i mean look he was on the cover of bass magazine he was on the cover of guitar magazine he was on the cover of keyboard magazine. I mean, come on. How many artists have done that? One. <laughs> well, the, the combination of uh, just sheer incredible multi-instrumental talent plus composition yeah. skills plus the work ethic and dedication. Yeah. yeah. All of those things were astounding. I know. And, and also a lot of times right. when I talk, I've spoken to people, Pepe from uh, Minneapolis that worked with him. A lot of times they'll say the most amazing thing to them was just his um, fearlessness. Yeah. Oh, yeah. He didn't yeah. care, you know? Yeah, that's right. He would just go and for he it. he had to get to that point. He had to get to that point. You know what I mean? Because when he first started, you know, he was a little shy and stuff, you know. But once he started getting that success and, you know, and people admiring what he's done, and 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 he, and he didn't stop. He didn't stop and go like, yeah, oh, wow, I'm good. You know, he kept, like you're saying, he kept working. He kept working. He kept working. He just kept working. Man, the guy would never stop. He was just unbelievable, unbelievable talent. There's one guy 
um, I don't know if you heard of him. His name is Marshall Charloff. He does the Purple Experience. He was another artist that I mentored as a teenager. And he's a multi-instrumentalist also. He's on tour doing the Purple Experience. He dresses like Prince. He looks like Prince. He's short like Prince. <laughs> he's a multi-instrumentalist, man. He plays piano. He plays uh, bass. He plays guitar, drums. He sings. And he's, he's traveling all over the country, all over the country, all over the world. He's been in Europe and stuff and everything. Look him up, the Purple Experience, you know. And he's going to be in uh, Minneapolis in June, you know. For the, they're doing, I know they're doing a celebration there that week for Prince's birthday. They're bringing yeah. it back after the pandemic and knocked it out for a couple of years. Absolutely, yeah. yeah. Um, when, when In those earlier years with Prince, you know, it's been – um, well documented that he was, you know, into people like Santana, Johnny Mitchell. Um, yeah. were, were there any of those or any artists that we don't know about that you felt like he was interested in or influenced by? Sonny Thompson. <laughs> they idolized Sonny Thompson. Everybody, because Sonny can play all those instruments, you know, they idolized him. Yeah. yeah. Why do you think Sonny never hit it big on his own you know you know the business is like that you know it's like that um i don't know why you know maybe he didn't try hard enough or he didn't get the breaks you know that other artists get you know i mean you look at andre andre got signed you know to columbia but when his album came out i thought as soon as his album came out, he should have went on tour. Because, you know, that's what most artists do. The album comes out, boom, you go on tour. You know, you go state, 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 city, 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 city. And that helps sell albums. Prince was fortunate that when his album came out, he didn't have a band yet. So he had to put a band together. But he was fortunate that that worked for him. But that doesn't work for other artists. You know, trying to do what he did. Put out an album. After I put out the album, then I'm going to put my band together. Then I'm going to go out on tour. It, you know, you know, Prince was fortunate, you know, uh, that that happened for him. Matter of fact, uh, the, the media in Minnesota absolutely Loved Prince. He got free publicity everywhere. You know, I mean, they loved him. You know, uh, they didn't show the same kind of love for Andre when he got signed. You know what I mean? You know, um, uh, and I wish they would because Andre's talented also, you know. He, he, um, you he know, ended up getting it bigger as a producer. Yeah. Yeah, right. Yeah. And I, I took Prince and Andre both to New York to record with Tony Sylvester. You know, when he was producing uh, uh, the Imperials, Anthony had left the Imperials and then uh, Tony started producing them. And uh, Tony called me up and says, man, do you know any musicians I can use? And I says, dude, I said, I got two guys right here that can play everything. I said, you don't even need nobody else. And he took my word for it. And we went, we recorded at the Sound Palace. He flew us to New York. And that's where the first time I heard, I, I, was it I feel for you or yeah, I feel for you on piano. 
you know, Prince played it on piano. And that's the first time I heard it. And uh, I wrote um, a song, Dance to the Music. Um, Andre wrote Do Me Baby, okay? You know, that's Andre's song. Andre wrote that. And uh, Prince I, did a song it, called One Man Jam. It's it yeah. only about maybe six months ago, or not that very long ago, when the state released that early demo of Do Me Baby. It's very yeah. cool. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I, man, come on. Prince's stuff was just, man, you know, it, it was just overwhelming, man. The only album that I didn't really like was Rainbow Children. I was there at the listening party at Paisley Park where, uh, who was it, Silent Bob, the guy that plays in Bob, what's his name? Yeah, uh, the film director, uh, Kevin Smith. Yeah. Kevin Smith. Yeah, yeah, Kevin Smith. I was there, and uh, he he interviewed me too. But uh, I seen him later on a, a, a late talk night show, uh, and he was saying that yeah, I did this thing with Prince and stuff like that, and it cost half a million dollars, and Prince never released it. <laughs> he never put it out. You know, I mean, you know, Prince was like that. He got like that, you know. I mean, you know, in the early years, you know, anything that he did, he put it out, put it out, put it out, put it out, put it out. Then I guess later on, you know, I felt that he thought that it wasn't time to do this now. It's, you know, it's not the right time to put this out. I don't know. You know, I can't guess what was in his brain and stuff, you know. Um I remember one time we were at First Avenue and I was saying to him, Prince, I said, you got it, man. You got it made now. And he goes like, not yet. And I was going like, what do you mean not yet? You know, he says, not yet. And I said, so what do you want? He says, Pepe, he says, I want to be where people can't find me. And I went like, Okay. <laughs> <laughs> that was his idea of success, I guess. What you know, year do you think that, what, you, what year about might that have been? Oh, man, that was, I can't, I don't even know. Was I it after know. or before Purple Rain? It was before Purple Rain. Yeah, it was before. And, you know, Purple Rain, see, he called me up and I was supposed to have been play, playing the club owner. In Purple Rain. He oh, called Billy? me up. And he called me up. He said, Pepe, I got a great part for you in this movie, man. I said, all right, man, what is it? He said, you're going to be the club owner. And I said, all right, cool. And then I never heard from him again. And I went like, wow, what happened and stuff? Then I'm seeing on the news, you know, Prince is doing this movie, blah, 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 blah. And I'm an actor. I studied at the Guthrie for years and stuff. So I went down there, auditioned on my own and got in. You know, and I wasn't with, you know, like the extras and all these other people. I was with Prince and Morris and Bobby and Dez and, you know, all these people because we knew each other. I was eating with them. I wasn't getting box lunches and, you know, <laughs> but I, I didn't get the part. I don't know what happened. I have no yeah, idea. Yeah, I don't think if you didn't live through it and weren't close to it, you couldn't understand fully. But the magnitude of accomplishment for him to 
not only put that movie together, but to get yeah. it actually produced and get it out there and for it to be a success because a black artist, especially then. Right. I mean, it was, you know, I remember being a big fan of so many black bands as a funk right. fan in the, in the seventies. And so right. many of them, even like a George Clinton, you know, wanted to put out a movie, you know, and right. hear about all these rumors, like, Oh, we're doing a movie, this, you know, it's coming and yeah. it would never happen. Right. And then yep. you know, when I heard right. yep. Prince was doing, I'm like, oh, okay, yeah, I'll believe when I see it. Yeah. And then not only did I see it, but the thing exploded. And it yeah, just proved that, that it was one of those so many things and moments that just showed that Prince was just beyond, you know, um, to be able to accomplish oh, yeah. I mean, what I others could not do. Yeah, that's right. And I seen when we was doing Purple Rain, I seen him behind the camera, you know, looking at shots and stuff, you know, and going like, yeah, okay, that's cool. Or no, that ain't cool. You know what I mean? I mean, whatever he got into, he dove into that, no matter what it was, you know? I mean, it was it was just awesome. You know, he was, he's one of a kind, man. You'll never find anybody like him ever again, you know? I, I had a friend who saw a rough cut of Purple Rain like early yeah. in the production process. And he right. goes, he goes, I don't know, man, this thing is rough. And yeah. I'm like, okay, I was still a little skeptical. But then when the finished product came out, yeah, he was like, he had seen both. And he told me, he goes, man, he goes, they did an amazing job putting this final product together. Yeah, It was like way better than what he had seen early on. You asked him if he's seen that scene with me and Art Morrison. You know, maybe. maybe that was in the in the early ones that he's seen. You know, it could that have been be awesome. You know? Yeah, they show those <laughs> early versions where they don't even have all the music clips in them and stuff like that. You know, it's just a right, very, yeah, very rough cut. Yeah, I hear, yeah, I hear, yeah, yeah, yeah. But That's maybe cool. it might have been in it. Who knows? Yeah, it might have been. You know, you know. I keep well, getting cut out of these movies. What's going on? <laughs> when, when you mentioned about that premiere, though, when that thing came out in Los Angeles, which is where I was living, and I was um, actually, um, I had previously worked in the movie theaters there that show premieres, right. and I was still okay. friends with people that worked at them and things like that. So when yeah. it premiered and it came out in Los Angeles the same summer that the Olympics were there, and it was right, just yeah. incredible electricity just, you know, throughout Los Angeles and Purple Rain uh, it was all part of that. Yeah, it was awesome. I, I loved it. I love seeing the crowds around the corner. I just love that, you know, because I haven't seen that since the 60s. You know, when I seen that, I said, oh, wow, this movie is a hit. It's a hit. Yeah. I, I got to tell you one other thing too, before we part, because you mentioned about the uh, early concert, you know, and that they didn't think he was ready. And, you know, I had seen his right, first yeah. West coast show at the Roxy, which was sort of like a showcase show too, I guess um, it turns out. And there were, uh, right. uh, you know, women that were screaming and, and, and swooning over Prince when he'd do stuff. And yeah. the, the brothers that were like, some of them were some of them were calling him princess because he dressed in leg yeah. warmers and bikini briefs and he right. only, sung, yeah. only yeah. sung in the high voice. Yeah. So they were yeah. like real, like you know, skeptical, but yeah. the women were into him right at the beginning. Oh, yeah, right away. You got the girls after you, you got it made. You know, you got it made. The girls after you, then the guys, they follow the girls. If you want the girls, you gotta follow them, man. 
and they was in the prints. I, I, man, I found out so many, even today, you know, I talk to people and I go, yeah, I'm Prince's first producer and mentor. And they go like, huh? I love him. <laughs> they, they just love him, man. It's unbelievable, man. I well, took I my, some, go ahead. I took my girlfriend at the time to see Purple Rain. Yeah. I'm the music fan. She ended up going like seeing it like six times without me. <laughs> That's awesome. That's yeah. all. Yeah, the women, they just, they loved him, man. They, and, and, you know, they all wanted to help him for some strange reason. <clears throat> you know, all the women that were close to him. Oh, I, I just want to help him. You know? <laughs> you know? It was just un, un, unbelievable. I found one girl who said, oh, I, I, I didn't care much for Prince. I went like, wow, you know. And the other girl she was with going like, what? You did what? Are you crazy? You know? <laughs> it's unbelievable. Unbelievable. Yeah, so, no. Pepe, man, where can people get your book? Well, you can get this book. <laughs> If you see me by six decades of rock and roll, forwarded by my uncle of Little Anthony Imperials, uh, Barnes and Noble, and Amazon right now, or your local bookstore, they can order it if they don't have it. Yeah. And it's great stories in there. It's the history of, you know, the beginning of actually rock and roll, if you're talking about from uh the 60s you know when it started really getting popular and motown and all of that and, you know uh and then on to minneapolis and you know uh, the beginning of how it all started i mean it, it's just you know it took me 10 years to write this thing i don't want you to know and i was hoping that prince would be alive to read it you know but he died you know just when i had almost finished it and stuff you know but i wanted him to see it you know that was my my biggest thing because i knew that he would be proud you know and he would probably remember a lot of the stuff that was done you know and uh, even when i talked to anthony uh, uh from the imperials he he read the book and he called me up and he says pepe he says man he says what an amazing book he said, you got stuff in there that I forgot, you know? So I know that there was stuff in there that Prince probably had forgotten and, you know, things like that. And when it brought back that memory and stuff, you know, and, you know, see what happened. Let me tell you one more thing. When we were in North Carolina uh, signing albums uh, for his first food, uh, you bring in food, he'd sign your album. Uh, 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 security had got lapsed and Prince was just signing albums and Tommy was there from Cameo and he was signing albums. Next thing I know, there's people on stage that shouldn't have been on stage. And, you know, so I went to Prince and I said, Prince, man, I said, the next time I whisper in your ear, we have to go. So he looked at me and he goes like, yeah, okay. You know, so I went to security and I said, look, you know, this is getting too loose here. I got to get my artist out of here, get the limo outside, let me know when, and when it's ready. So when it was ready, the guy nodded at me and I went to Prince. I said, it's time to go. Prince jumped up, 
boom. And we went through a gauntlet of security and got into the limo, went back to the hotel. So Prince comes to my room and we're talking. I said, he says, Pepe, and I goes like, what's happening? He says, you know, I feel like a piece of meat being carried around. That's how he felt, you know? And I went like, wow. And I said, okay, I got to bring this kid back down to earth. If he's feeling like he's a piece of meat being carried around from place to place. So I started talking to him about sports, children, birds, you know what I'm saying? Flowers and everything, you know, just to get him reconnected to nature, you know, and back to the real world. So Tommy comes in from Cameo because he wanted to really sit down and meet Prince because they were signing albums together. So he comes in and then we all start talking and then come to find out he lived in New Jersey in the same building as Prince's half sister. <laughs> and that brought small world, you know what I mean? Yeah. So, and that brought Prince back down because he was on cloud nine. He had brought back down to reality. And I felt at that time, okay, now Prince knows how to get from this part in his brain back down to this part in his brain. You know what I'm saying? When he feels like being carried around like a piece of meat and feeling not attached, to be reattached, you have to start thinking about your family, your friends. and Stay grounded. Yeah. yeah, you know, just to get grounded again and stuff. I thought that he knew that. You know, but you know. What 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 became of Chantel? Chantel? My ex-wife? Yeah, what happened to her? She still calls me today, Scott. Oh. <laughs> she lives in uh Savannah, Georgia. And she still calls me today. You know, we talk sometimes, sometimes we don't, you know, you know, but she's she's awesome. She still gives me her support. You know, she goes like, you people don't know. It was Pepe. Pepe did this stuff. I'm telling you right now, y'all better recognize and stuff. You know, she, <laughs> she, she has a good heart. She has a very good heart, man. You know, so. I, 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 I got to share with you. I, I interviewed uh, just the other day, uh, Tom McDermott, who was in Rick James Stone City Band. And his first. Uh, yeah pro gig before the stone city band was playing with little anthony and the imperials when he was like no 19, kidding 19 years old yeah no kidding. what did he play do you know guitar guitar he played guitar tom mcdermott god i'm gonna have to call my uncle after if he remembers him. he got he said he got yeah. fired he got fired but yeah oh no kidding yeah yeah uh, that's too bad <laughs> Bruce Springsteen used to open up for little Anthony and the Imperials. Uh, I heard that. And I went like, excuse me, hmm. the boss. And I met him too. I, I said, the boss used to open up for you guys. And I'm like, yeah, those guys were hot, man. They were hot. You know, even Priscilla Presley was hanging out with those guys, you know, Elvis's wife. And then uh, uh, Diana Ross started hanging out with them. And Barry Gordy had to come and get her. 
I told you not to be hanging out with these guys. <laughs> he was very protective of her. She was like 17, you know, a little skinny girl and stuff, you know. I used to run to the store for her and everything, you know. Uh, those are the good days. Good days. Yeah. <laughs> good days. All right. Well, let's let's have some more good days, uh, you know, yeah, and sure. uh, so glad that you're, you know, able to share all that with us. You know, thank you so much, yeah. Pepe. And it's been so much fun hearing your stories. Oh, thank you so much. Thank you. I really appreciate you, Scott, you know. And where can I look up some of your stuff that you've done? Uh, well, if you go to uh, funkinstuff.net, uh, yeah. it's funk, letter N, and then stuff.net, yeah. you'll see like 200 some odd, you know, shows yeah. like this one with a lot of, uh, like I told you, I think there's probably 20, 25 at least that are Minneapolis folks. Um, oh, awesome. awesome. Yeah, including yeah. even Gail Chapman and just all kinds yeah, of people. Yeah, Gail, so. I remember Gail. She was at my house playing, rehearsing all that time. Yeah. 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 So I'm going to, I'm going to keep it up, you know, because I, I love it and I got to preserve these legacies. So, yeah. And that's like the print shirt you got on. Now, sometimes when, when you move, the P is disappearing, right? And it has rinse, R I N C E, right? When Prince and those guys were rehearsing at my house, I took my bike and I drove around Lake Calhoun then. I seen this guy with all these little puppies. And uh, he said, yeah, you want one? I said, yeah, nice, fluffy, white puppies, Samoan Huskies. He gave me a puppy. You know, I go drive my bike home, and then I get in my car. I drive back there, get the dog, put him in the car, just when Prince was coming in for uh, a morning rehearsal. And he looks at it, and he goes, oh, what a cute dog. What's his name? And I didn't have a name for him at that time. And I said, Rince, Prince without the P. And that's, so the dog name was Rince, R-I-N-C-E. <laughs> Another good story. So this he reminded you of that, huh? Yeah, that reminded me of my dog, yeah. That's I funny. Said, it yeah, sounds like it might be the name of a dentist's dog, Rince, you know, but. Yeah, yeah right. That's spelled <laughs> Could you rinse, please? Yeah. <laughs> you know. I have two dogs, rinse and spit. Yeah. <laughs> Mine were rinse and Zach. I had another dog called Zach. You know, uh, so yeah, two nice dogs. They're beautiful. You know, well, well look, thanks a lot, Scott. I really appreciate you, man. You take good All care. Right, brother. <laughs> Thank you so much. Thank you. Yeah. I hope you enjoyed this episode of Truth and Rhythm. A big thank you goes out to our guest as well as to you, the viewer and listener. Also, much gratitude to Pleasure for supplying the show's funky opening and closing music. As a reminder, you can always access the complete list of linked shows by episode at funkinstuff.net. I urge you to support this program and receive the extra benefits along with that by subscribing to the Funk and Stuff channel on YouTube and sharing it with funk, R&B, and jazz lovers, joining Truth and Rhythm's membership program at Patreon, submitting a donation at funkandstuff.net, buying Everything is on the One, the first guide to funk book at Amazon, shopping at the Funky Things store for cool merchandise at funkandstuff.net, and linking through funkandstuff.net for all of your Amazon purchases. 
In addition, if you're an artist or anyone seeking proven, results-oriented, professional marketing, PR, writing, or editing consultation or production, check out the Media Services section at FunkinStuff.net. Also, I encourage you to drop me a line at scottg at FunkinStuff.net. I love the feedback, suggestions, guest requests, appearance and sponsorship inquiries, and just talking about my favorite subject, groove-based music. For now, and as always, this is Scott Dr. GX Wolfine saying, keep on keep vibing, on vibing to the rhythm of the one.